It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Amen. Well, welcome, church, to the first Sunday of Advent. Can you believe it's already Christmas time? Seems like last week only was Thanksgiving. Well, maybe it was. (laughs) Strange thing. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we celebrate um, in this marvelous season we call Advent. If you've joined us by live stream today, welcome. Glad you're with us. God's giving us wonderful days. Uh, we trust um, even though you are with us electronically, you'll sense you're right here in the sanctuary with us because we're family. Amen? So don't feel estranged. Feel like you're a part of us. And we're glo- so glad you're with us. Thanks for your faithfulness to the church. Uh, by the way, my name is Les Moore, in case I haven't met you. Uh, I'm the interim pastor here. I've met a number of new people here, first-timers today. So glad you're with us. And a lot last week. Uh, wasn't that a great service last week with a baptism? Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. I just love that. Yeah. And to uh, see people coming to Christ and uh, proclaiming new life in Jesus. We need that in our day and age. Amen. Amen. And it's been a good week, uh, just in case you don't know. Uh, this last Tuesday, our church board... Uh, they met with our district pastor, our district superintendent, Scott Shaw. And uh, they, they, I, I believe they are looking at, at one resume right now and praying over the resume of one individual. Isn't that good news? Amen. It's good news. It's good news, church. <laughs> Perhaps I'll be home for Christmas. No, just, just teasing. At the same time, they are considering a young man from Northwest Nazarene University as an an interim youth director or pastor. He has a call to ministry, and they've already met with him once, and I think we're going to be meeting with him again. So, um, good days ahead. Amen? Amen. Um, And also, I don't know if you know, but uh, yesterday we had a funeral service here in, in the sanctuary for... Uh, a, a man who uh, has been a, a member of our church for some time, Eddie Webb. And he passed away after a long bout with cancer. And uh, Les, Les Lauk, another Les, by the way, uh, Les Lauk. Don't you just love the name Les? Oh, never mind, never mind. Les Lauk, uh, who's a farmer. I, he did the service. I understand he did a great job, is what I've heard. He's a farmer. Have, <laughs> I wonder, has he missed, have you missed your calling? Maybe our pastor's been in front of us all along. We just didn't recognize it. Anyway, love you, buddy. And uh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for doing that. that uh, those are very significant times in our, in, in our life. And I have often found that lay people can do a marvelous job at leading times of grief. So thanks, Les, for representing the church in all sincerity. Uh, you're the second layperson I know since I've been here who's done a funeral service. 
You know why? Because remember my first sermon with you was it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. The impact that you have in our world today on other people is immeasurable. Never forget that. It's all about your relationship. So work on your relationships with people. Now, now this word Advent, I mean the word Advent, it's, I find it's a very interesting, an interesting word. Um, it simply means coming, as we've already heard, right? means coming. It, 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 okay, it, it, comes from, it actually comes from the Latin language, Adventus. Uh, can you all say Adventus? All right, now we all speak Latin. Uh, don't you feel better about yourself this morning? More educated than you were when you came in? Adventus simply means coming. And it celebrates uh, the coming of our Lord Jesus in two ways. We've been singing about uh, this baby in a manger. But it not only celebrates this baby in a manger who came initially in lowliness, in humility, in weakness, in servitude. Those are all surrounding factors of his first coming. But it celebrates his second coming, his second advent, but not in humility, but in authority. It also celebrates his second coming in, uh, not in weakness, but in power and in strength and might. It celebrates his, his coming, um, not as though God snuck in in a manger. I mean, that's how God came, right? He kind of, why did God do this? He kind of snuck in to humanity in flesh, in a manger. Uh, We use the word incognito. Why don't you say incognito? Can you say that? Easy for you to say. It simply means he came in hiding his true identity. Incognito. The Bible, John says that when he came, we didn't even recognize who he was. God snuck in. This Emmanuel, they named him Jesus, God with us. So this, this Advent, it's, it's a very interesting word. And, 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 you know, it's kind of interesting. I remember growing up in the church. I wasn't raised in a uh, liturgical church a high church. Um, so I don't even remember the word Advent. Maybe I'm a slow learner. I, well, I am a slow learner. I'm glad I didn't get any amens on that one. Yeah. But, but over the years, this, this word Advent, has I'm, I've become fondly aware of it because of all everything I just said. It is rich in meaning, when we consider what we celebrate today, the coming of Christ as a babe in a manger, but bursting through the eastern sky, he is coming, we have sung. 
And so we, we sing these songs uh, way in a manger. But we also sing, all hail King Jesus, because he's going to come in authority. We sing, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. But we also sing, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon, many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. That's the theology, the understanding of the church of Advent. Now, I find it interesting, um, I, I felt led uh, this Christmas season, this Advent season, I, I felt led to um, pay a little attention to what the Bible says about His coming in the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation. In, fa- in fact, I, I find it interesting, um, this, this verse the revelation of Jesus Christ given by God to his servants, that would be us, to show what must take place in the future. Woohoo! What have we been talking about the last number of weeks? My last five or six Sundays. We've talked about the rapture, the second coming of Christ. We've talked about all the things that are going on in our day and age, especially in the Middle East, and how it relates to the second coming of Jesus, the second advent. And if you don't think something's going on in our world, you don't understand. You're not watching in the heavenlies. God is up to something. When you look at our world and the state that our world is in, the advent of Christ, the second coming of Christ, could happen at any time. He could come now. In fact, when a group was up here singing, I, I had this visual image of all of a sudden a bunch of people just gone, disappeared. Because when Jesus comes, in, in a flash, the scripture says, in the twinkling of an eye, in the breaking of an atom, we shall meet him in the air. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, Kevin, how much time do I got? What, what, what's your clock say? Are you watching me for me? I got a timer here because, you know, I get paid by the word and I like to go as long as I can. Uh, but the reality is that you, you've done so good last week when I kept you over. I'm bound and determined to let you out on, on good behavior for no other reason. I want you out of here early. So let's see. It is right now 20 till. Man, I got an hour sermon and I got to do it in 10 minutes. Okay, I want to read the scripture. I do not believe we should come to church without reading the word of God. And so we're just we're going to start where the book of Revelation starts, okay? Let's start in chapter 1, verse 1. You'll notice that God promises to bless whoever reads this prophecy from beginning to end. So you might try that this, 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 this month. But here's what the word of God says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, that is John, to show, excuse me, Jesus, to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
Now blessed is he who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Verse 4, John. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. To him who loves us who has freed us from our sins by his blood, who has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Woo! Okay, I got a little charismatic on you there for a moment. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't just come glibly to church. Expecting a nice program and warm fuzzies. And, but Lord, we want to hear from you. The God of creation who wants to stir our lives and move us into deeper, meaningful relationship with Emmanuel. This Jesus, the God with us person. Who's with us this morning. So now bless our time in the word father. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now here's this last book of the Bible. Written by the apostle John. He's an old man. Uh, he's written some other books in the New Testament. But now this last book. He's, he's taken into the heavenlies. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's captured with a. With vision. He's. He's moved with melodious song. He's swept up into worship, into celebration. He's surrounded by angels. Uh, There's cell phones ringing in his ears. Uh, There's terror. There's triumph. Uh, There's there's this imagery and this this sound and symbol and multi-dimensional delusions I said illusions, not delusions, illusions that is just swooping through his mind, his spirit, his soul. But let me encourage you while I dance to the music. Let me encourage you. um, Don't get caught up in all the tapestry and the vivid imagery of the book of Revelation. There's more to it than that. Stay focused on three things. Now, maybe, maybe I should just challenge you. What do you say? What do you say we all try to read the book of Revelation this month? Think we could do that together? What do you say we do it? 
I got a hankering. How many chapters we got? 21? 21 chapters. And we've got five Sundays. What's so five into 21? About four chapters? 22. About four chapters a week. How many would like to do that? You want to do that? I don't even know where I'm going. I've got to write these sermons every week. You know that? <laughs> Think I could find some stuff after 50 years and just knock the dust off of it. But it seems to me like God wants to do something special here in the book of Revelation. So, so three, three things to focus on. As you read, we're going to read four chapters. Somebody do the math for me. What are we going to read? How much a day? All right, Kevin, you figure this out while I'm I'm preaching. You tell me what it is. Okay, who's a mathematician around here? We got five weeks, right? Five Sundays. So if we and we got twenty-two chapters, how many chapters we need to read a day? About four. I think that's too much. I'll go about four a day, but we got it. one of the days we'll read a little bit more. Here's our mathematician on the front row. If we have five days, five times four is 20. Five times four is 20. I'm following you. But we have two extra books. So we might have to read two extra. Okay. You get that? So can you all do that? Read how, four a day, right? Four chapters a day. Now, I'm going to do this with you starting today. A week. Oh, phew, man, that was a lot of reading. I'm just testing you Okay, for a week, for a week. How many want to do that with me? You want to do this? All right, we're going to do it. A chapter, about a chapter a day will get you through, but you can read it twice if you want, because some of it's pretty hairy. Now, there's three things I want you to look at. I'm, I'm going to call them primary something. There's a primary message, there's a primary target, and there's a primary purpose. Now, if you got this little puppy right here, and you want to write some of this down to kind of remember, or you can go back on live stream probably, I imagine. Uh, so, so a primary message, a primary target, and a primary purpose. The primary message. What is the primary message of the entire book of the book of Revelation? Well, the primary message is simply that Jesus wins. Woohoo! At the end, didn't the Boise uh, Broncos win this last week? Woohoo! There was some celebration going on, and there ought to be in the church when we say Jesus wins, God wins. Someone said love wins. Well, yeah, love wins. But who's love? God is love. So God wins in the end. That's the primary message. When it's all said and done, everything that the last, the last verse has been sung, somebody has put the explanation point on, the victory is God's. He is the winner to everything. And there's two words, two words that kind of boil to the top. You'll notice. One is the word throne, and the other is the word lamb. I mean, for instance, let me just give you a little inference. Look at chapter 5, uh, verse 13. To him who sits on the throne. That's going to kind of rise up, because the victory belongs to Jesus. And look at verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who is slain. So do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has triumphed. He is the lamb who has overcome. Jesus is victorious. Now you look at our world today, you look at the sad shape it's in. Sometimes we get a little confused, don't we? Sometimes we get a little concerned. But I'm telling you what, when everything's done, guess who wins? God does. Ain't nothing you can do about it. 
People can mock him. They can shake their fist in his face. He'll take it. He's big enough to handle it. He's God. But one of these days, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. Why? Because God wins. Love wins. Jesus wins. In the end, he triumphs all. That's the primary message of the entire book of Revelation. Now, there's also a primary target. Who's the target? Well, the target is, is the church. The target is us. He, he's, not reading to, he's not writing to everybody else. The vision is for the church. I, I mean, look at, the, look at the... There are seven churches. He says, the target, chapter 1, he's writing to the seven churches in verse 4. To the seven churches in the province. And we'll talk about this a little bit more maybe as we go along. But, but some say that these seven churches represent the church in all age or different churches in different periods. Uh, but, but the reality is he is writing to the church, yes. to us at some period, and that includes us because we are the church. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones, the hoi agioi, the holy ones of Christ. That's who we are called to be. And so he's writing to us. And you'll notice the word, the, the number seven. This primary target. There's seven signs. There's seven seals. Seven dooms. Seven plagues. Seven trumpets. Yes, Jesus has overcome. The trumpets will shout, sound. When you read through the book of Revelation, you'll notice there's a, a lot of symbols. Over 300 symbols. It gets kind of quirky. 300 distinct symbols. But there's a key verse. And I think it's pretty cool. It's in verse, verse 19 of chapter 1. Look what it says. The Holy Spirit tells John, chapter 1, verse 19, write, therefore, what you have seen. That's in the past, right? Write what is now. That's in the present for John. And he says, and then write what will take place later. We are to be watching. We have the future right here in this book. It's hard to understand at times, but God gave it to us for a reason. And if we'll take time to just dabble a little bit, we'll get a world of knowledge that nobody else has but the church because it's written to the church. Now, that's the primary target, the churches, us. The third is the primary purpose. What's the primary purpose? Well, the primary purpose, in my opinion, in, in the book of Revelation, is to warn Christians from falling away in the last day and to encourage them to be faithful like the faithful witness, Jesus Christ. This word is a word of encouragement. It should bless us. and That's one reason why it says right away, whoever reads this prophecy will be blessed. We want to be blessed? Well, what do you say then we read it this September? I mean, this December. Let's just get her over with. Let's, let's get blessed for the new year. Amen? Who knows what's coming, but let's wind up this year being blessed. Because it's the word of God. Thank you, brother. I see. I got to wrap this puppy up. Okay. So here we are. The, the primary purpose of the book is to encourage us. Because victory is ours. And Jesus Christ, well, he's the victor. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. (laughs) He sought me, he bought me with his redeeming blood. Victory in Jesus. Now, um, as we read the word, um, 
and we read it this morning, notice an underlying theme. There's an underlying theme. And here's the underlying theme. Jesus is coming soon. The advent, the second advent of the Christ is about to happen. So, so just, just look, verse 1. Just kind of follow me here. There's a definite sense of urgency. Verse 1. It's going to take place. Soon. Verse 3. The time is near. Verse 4. Who is to come? Verse 7. Look. He is coming. Verse 8. Who is to come? Do you get the idea that he's coming? He's coming. He says it over and over and over. There's this, there's this underlying theme that goes all through Revelation. And it is, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Have you ever seen the river, the Snake River kind of ice over? Have you ever seen that? Uh, Linda and I have only lived for about, we've had it for about 10 years uh, a kid lives in our neighborhood who's, who's born and raised. He's now married, but he's, he's grown up on the river right here in the Snake River. I asked him one day, his name is Jason. I said, Jason, have you ever seen the river freeze over? He says, well, he says, last not. I remember one time it was, it was frozen all the way across. But let me tell you about a river when it's iced over. There's always something going on underneath. And that's what's going on here. We got an iced over river with these primary messages. But there's an underlying theme and the underlying theme, hang on, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You can't stop it. It just keeps flowing. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. Wow. Now let me wrap this up. Uh, Eugene Peterson, he, he says it in his message this way. The God who is, the God who was, and the God who's about to arrive. Y'all like country western songs? Yeehaw. I know you do. You know every good western song, it's got a dog in it. It's got a pickup truck. Usually broken down. Got a wife and the kids. Right? I love all kinds of music. This, a couple, two or three weeks ago, I came across a brand new country western song. I don't know where it came from. Just popped up. There it was on my phone. Listen to the pan, panoramic. What's it called? Panda? Pandora. Oh, Pandora. Thank you very much. Pandora. Yeah. You, know, you know, it reminded me, one of the greatest, compla- one of the greatest temptations for any Christians is, is complacency. You kind of get used to the way things are. You just kind of go with life and you forget what's important. We become complacent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Life is life, okay. You just kind of mellow, move on along. Complacency. Life is good, no worries, be happy. Who who sang that song back in the 70s? Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, it's that kind of complacent attitude. Ah, Don't worry, be happy. And we forget to be involved in the things that are most important in life. And one of these things, I mean, the themes of, the, the, the two of the themes of, of, of Advent is preparation and expectation. That's what these candles are all about. We are expecting God to do something. We are preparing for his coming. And that last candle, the white one's called the Christ candle because when Christ comes, we light the candle. Normally, it's the Sunday after Christmas. We'll probably do it the Sunday before. Just because we're cheaters. We like to do it early. (laughs) 
You know, the problem with us Christians is uh, we get complacent. When the Bible says, better be ready. Second Advent's on its way. Jesus is coming. Pretty easy to get complacent. Me and him should wait a line. Just can't seem to find the time. time. Yep. Just me and the kids, my dog, my truck. Life goes on. It's the way life is. He's coming. Jesus is coming. Don't get complacent on him. He could come at any moment. That's the message of Advent. Now, Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and bring you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, who walks with you today. We give you all praise, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great day in the Lord. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon, as well as other sermons, and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www dot mvcnaz dot org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.